Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I am your host, Tim Loy. Hope you had a great Christmas holiday. We took a little break last week, and now we're back in full swing, getting ready for uh, the All-Pro event going down at the World Top Night Joe next weekend. That is Saturday, January the 9th. We're going to interview both halves of the main event this evening in a uh, a rematch for the uh, Valor 170 Championship it's going to be Greg Hopkins taking on the Asian persuasion. Jason King, we're going to get words from both of them this evening, as well as talk to Logan Neal, who is uh, coming into his fight this uh, next weekend against Nathan Ariaga. Another really good fight on that stacked show. Had to scrap the uh, the amateur card, unfortunately. That's happened since last week we convened here. Um, unfortunately, the uh, governor mandate for uh, for the state of Tennessee, which prohibits Gatherings over 10 people uh, is only uh, excluding professional and collegiate athletics. Got to make sure the balls are still playing. Got to make sure the Titans are still playing. So uh, anyway, our pros are still good to go. We're going to talk a lot about that in the in uh, the show today as well as next week. I'm joined by my co-host Justin Watson as well as the voice of Valor, Jeff Hobbs. Uh, guys, we're, before we uh, get into some of this talk, um, we are going to do a quick recap of uh, our picks panel because uh you know the season is over now we're going to figure out who the winner was and uh give a few brief thoughts on the final event of 2020 that was a primal combat show put on by tyler edwards quick rundown of the results um we're just going to run through this here in about 10 minutes or so guys uh andrew alston uh beats a late replacement shane tuey um by no 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 Shane Tui won the decision actually over Andrew Alston a split decision uh but he was a late replacement so I don't think that's going to count on our picks because we had uh Tyler Manis who had pulled out of that fight uh is that right Justin no I had Shane Austin on there you had, oh, Shane, yeah, was, you had Shane Tui on there yeah 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 Shane Tui yeah, oh shit Chad, okay Chad Chad pick Shane Oh, so uh, so Chad picks up a point here. Uh, then we had Dustin Whitmore with an injury stoppage uh, win over Jorge Robles, who uh, he like dislocated his shoulder throwing a punch. It was didn't last long. It was just kind of the first initial kind of exchange. But Dustin Whitmore gets that win. Uh, how do we fare there, Justin? Uh, Hobbs is the only one taking Whitmore on that one. Oh, so Hobbs uh, gets a point back. Moving on to the MMA portion of the card. Uh, really nice return for um, for Dalton Smith, who gets his first win with a just a really nice dominant victory over Quinn Hunter. He swarmed him in every way. It was uh, just, I mean, just really uh, showed showed his potential there in a very deceptive 0 2, as we had mentioned. Uh, Robert Burns takes out the six foot ten Jack Bowles uh, and uh, Amios Boyd with a uh, with a uh, victory in the second round over Eric Reyes and Blake Perry uh, takes out Jamal Turner in a really good back and forth fight. Uh, Justin, run us down the uh, the results on those four. So everybody took uh, Smith on that one. Hobbs gains a point with Burns, and um, Hobbs also gets uh, Boyd Perry. Greg gets Boyd, and Chad gets Perry. All right, moving on. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a runaway here, folks. 
Uh, up next, it was supposed to be Justin Ball, Lamonzo Matthews. Justin Ball pulls out with the old COVID and uh, COVID and then block you uh, technique. Uh, so we didn't get to have that fight. Uh, Jackson Donovan uh, defeats a very tough Christian Lozano by decision in a really nice fight. Bounce back win for Jackson Donovan. And Lozano had a great accounting for himself, a really, really uh, tough kid. And uh, Jackson Donovan gets unanimous decision, moves on to uh, he'll fight for the 125 title for Primal Combat. It looks like March 12th. Um, we also had, uh, let's see here. We had Dylan Dodson and Reeve Satterfield. It was Reeve Satterfield uh, getting the uh, uh, third round TKO in, in a fight that had a little bit of, uh, of uh, controversy there. Now, first, let me preface, Satterfield looked like a million bucks. <laughs> I mean, his striking was incredible. Dodson looked pretty good, too, especially to be an independent fighter. You know, he's put together and he uh, and he was hanging in there. He actually dropped Satterfield. The referee stepped in to stop it, kind of stopped the momentum of the fight. And then uh, ended up uh, allowing Satterfield to get up, and then he continued to to kind of pull away there after he gathered his wits. But uh, it was Satterfield third round TKO strikes. Um, Austin Spires gets his first win. That was uh, nice to see as he uh, bounces back from an zero and two start to take out Hunter Harris um, with a first round TKO to strikes. Um, we also had um, Zach Lozano getting the rear naked choke over the Hawaiian Drew Henry uh, to get his first win. So he was stoked for sure. And then uh, in rounding out that segment, it was a unanimous decision win for Courtney Hunter over Madison Packenar, one female tie fight. Run us down the results there on those five, Justin. As far as that one goes, the only point change was uh, Chad gained one on Spires. Everybody took Satterfield. Uh, Lozano, Hunter, and Gilbride. So Chad comes up another one there. Uh, at least making up some ground on second place, it sounds like, here on this one, maybe. Uh, then, uh, before we get into this last segment here, uh, Hobbs, any thoughts on any of those there? I know that that was kind of a wonky uh, uh, the situation we had in the Reeve Satterfield, uh, Dylan Dotson fight. Uh, and then, of course, Jackson Donovan looked uh, really strong against a pretty tough kid. Yeah, uh Really, out of all those, man, that that Satterfield fight was uh, that was awesome, um, man. I you couldn't have asked for a better fight. I I had known, like I said, Reed, Reed Satterfield from uh, some kickboxing fights, so I knew he was good. I knew he had some uh, really crisp stand up. Yeah. Um, but man, Dylan Dodson was taking a beating. Uh, really, there were several times I thought the referee could possibly just save him from punishment. And stop the fight, and then out of nowhere, Dotson just drops Satterfield. Uh, you know, to, not just to the surprise of everybody cage side, but I think to the surprise of Dylan Dotson as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, because you know he had, you know, and don't get me wrong, that was not all Dylan Dotson's fault. I think he was a little surprised that Satterfield dropped. And he dropped and stayed down on his butt. You know, he didn't just hop right back up. Yeah. It was a little bit of a surprise to Dotson. But there was also a moment with the referee um, kind of hesitating, kind of came half in, half out. He jumped in, bent over from the waist down and positioned his arms over him. You know, he's kind of in that L position, almost over Satterfield's body. And you thought, okay, he's stopping the fight. But then he didn't move his hands. They were in the position, but they didn't move. And, you know, Dotson... You know, I'm not going to say he didn't think maybe that it was, you know, he didn't he didn't follow up because he thought it was getting waved off. He thought he had the knockoff home run and the ref was, uh, 
you know, so there was a little confusion there. Uh, and rightfully so, because I was confused also cage side. But, uh, you know, from that point on, Dotson had kind of got his mojo at that point and got. Uh, so, I mean, it was just back and forth at that time. That's uh, that was a standout fight on the undercard or, you know, a non-title fight for me. And it looks like we're going to run that back. They're going to they're going to rematch uh, here wow. on, the, on the next card. So we'll, we'll see if Dotson can make the uh, adjustments here, knowing Satterfield striking is uh, on point. Moving on, Chance Gilbride uh, knocks off the Hawaiian by way of Las Vegas. Nick Saragosa with a just uh, stellar display of grappling skills as he, uh, he gets the submission in the uh, in the first round uh, by rear naked choke. Uh, Dustin Bailey also Gilbride moves on to be the number one contender. He'll, he'll challenge for the one for uh, thirty five title, which we'll talk about in a moment. Dustin Bailey uh, beats Cody Tungit with a. Uh, with this uh, rear naked choke of his own. A lot of rear naked chokes here. We had three in a row. Um, as he knocks off Cody Tungit in the first round, uh, then, uh, of course, we had the, the kids go at it, man. It was uh, Kobe Cantrell taking on Jacob Modlin. Jacob Modlin wins the decision. Uh, entertaining fight, as always. The juniors bring it. Uh, Modlin had a nice crowd there, and uh, both kids uh, showed a lot of skill. Modlin, uh, in particular, very entertaining. He's kind of a showman at a young age. And then we had uh, the three title fights. It was the Bantamweight title, uh, Anthony Cochran, the Seagoat, taking on Michael Cribb. Good back and forth fight. Definitely a, uh, one of those fights where, uh, you know, it, it depends on what you're looking for. You know, uh, it was a split decision win, though, for Michael Cribb at the end of the day as he gets that title and an opponent for March as Chance Gilbride will be his next uh his next in line, the featherweight title up for grabs. Brandon McGee knocks off Jaime Vasquez with what was, in my opinion, the, the best performance we've seen out of Brandon McGee. I mean, it was a split decision win. Um, I thought that I thought he took the fight. I don't think there was any doubt he won the fight. Uh, McGee just pressed the action. Vasquez, as we talked about in the lead up to this, very technical, always dangerous, always fishing for submissions, but just not able to kind of hold off that uh, forward aggression, if you will, of Brandon McGee who uh, gets the title, and it looks like his next opponent will be Anthony Wilkerson, another really tough one. And in the main event, it was Jose Arriaga getting a uh, unanimous decision win over Spencer Brand, who stepped in on short notice and had a really nice showing for himself. Uh, Arriaga, um, I, I believe he had an injured hand uh, coming into this and uh, gutted it out. Uh, had this been a five-round fight, it'd be interesting to see what would have happened because Brandon was really pulling away at the end. Uh, the results there, uh, Justin. All right, so everybody took Chance Gilbright. Um, let's see, Chad took a gained a point with Bailey. Everybody took Maudlin. Uh, Hobbs got a point with Crib. Hobbs and Chad both with McGee and Hobbs with Aregia. So Hobbs wins the season with 86 points. Uh, Greg was 75 and Chad was 73. All right, so Hobbs went one by how many? Hobbs won by 11, 86 to 75 for Greg. Damn, a smashing, <laughs> a smashing. It wasn't even close. So, Hobbs, I've got a crisp $100 Benjamin with your name on it for when I see you next week. Yeah. Uh, well, your thoughts uh, before, I guess, we get into the title yeah. fights, uh, anything anything on the rest of that undercard? Chance Gilbride, look, I mean, that kid, the only be one to know, is uh, an absolute killer. Uh, I, thought, I thought he looked really good. And then the kids. Yeah, Gilbright looked good, man. But I, I think we all kind of expected that. Um, we, you know, we know him. We've seen him before. Um, so it looked really good. Um, I was really with Dustin Bailey, you know, uh, at, at weigh-ins and, and leading up to uh, uh, doors opening. 
really quiet guy. Um, it was one of those situations where, uh, and we've all seen it before, Tim, you know what I'm talking about. The guys that come in and don't have a corner, they don't even have a gym, don't have a corner. Uh, you're trying to just assign them somebody to help them out. And, and, uh, you know, without being too, uh, uh, stereotypical, uh, you know, you kind of get a performance out of those guys usually uh, that, that don't even have corners. And so this was one of those weird situations where, you know, Bailey didn't have a corner, wasn't sure if that was an indication that does he not have a gym? Does he not have anybody he even really independently trains with out of his home or something? You know, so what's really going on? Well, the kid go ends up going from no corner to <laughs> David Robbins and DJ Miller. Yeah, probably the best corner. corner you could possibly scrape. Up. I looked, I looked across, <laughs> and it was one of the most decorated, you know, corners over there. It's like, how did this guy go from shit to sugar? Like he had nothing. <laughs> now he's got Robbins and DJ Miller in his corner, and man, that was quite a uh, a little team there, a trio between the two of them and the instructions, and then Bailey performing. Uh, I was really impressed with Dustin Bailey and and how that all turned out for him. Um, I don't know. He may want to call, may want to call his a uh, uh, one night coaches again if he uh, decides to come back and say, "Hey, let's run it back again." Um, but you know, moving into the the title fights, these were by far, uh, and not to knock the kids, we knew the kids were going to throw down, and they did. Modeling is a little cocky son of a gun, um, <laughs> and that dude is feeling himself. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> uh, you know, he talked the whole fight. You know, uh, encouraged action, uh, showboated. Uh, he could have a nice little career ahead of him, man. Uh, but moving into these title fights, we knew these were going to be good. These were this was awesome matchmaking on all three of these fights. Um, Michael Cribb and Anthony Cochran. You know, we talked about it. It, it all depends on how you look at a fight. Um, I re- really wish Justin would have been uh, at the show to watch that one, uh, just to have another opinion of it uh, from a judging standpoint. But we, uh, we've we seen this scenario before where Cochran relentlessly, you know, takedown after takedown after takedown, um, but really did nothing with it. Uh, and much more to a degree, when we look back at the uh, David Robinson and Charlie Alexander fight, which we compared it to, um, you kind of got to look at that fight as uh, as a blueprint where, you know, Charlie takedown after takedown, um, but didn't do much after the takedown. Uh, a lot different, though, because Charlie did attempt, you know, he would throw punches. He would, you know, try to pitter pat the ribs and things like that. And they still didn't give him the nod that night. And then but you look at this fight. Cochran had those same takedowns. But there was never even an attempt at a strike after the takedowns. He literally wrapped his arms around his legs behind his knees uh, and kind of that Khabib move, you know, where you just hold behind the knees and try to pull in. But that was it. He held it and didn't ever try to advance, didn't ever try to crawl up, you know, around his waist and and crawl up his body. Didn't uh, didn't punch the ribs, didn't punch. I mean, literally just held it to the point where uh, I think in every round we had to have a stand up you know, by the referee. So, you know, I think at one time we counted like nine takedowns by Cochran. And so it was iffy. Crib was, was getting the better in the standup. The damage was there. He, he wobbled him a couple times, uh, was connecting cleanly, but that's when, um, you know, when things started getting hairy for Cochran, 
he'd go to his bread and butter and take them down. And we knew he was going to take them down. But we none of us, I think, expected him to be so ineffective on the ground once he got there. And um, I think that's what uh, the referee or the judges that night were looking at was, you know, that he did nothing with the takedowns. Uh, and what stood out in their mind was the damage and the, the connection uh, by crib on the feet. Um, I know Cochran at first, I don't think, uh, agreed so much with the uh, decision. I'd like to hear how he feels, you know, a week or so later now, um, with his performance, but, uh, it was a great fight. It was good, good, even fight. Uh, McGee and Vasquez, awesome fight. Like you said, probably the best Brandon McGee we've seen. Uh, Vasquez had a really nice following, uh, in Nashville was really crafty, you know, really, really crafty. And uh, like you said, it was always fishing for something, a triangle, uh, uh, a guillotine. guillotine. It was always, yeah, yeah it's always hard. fishing, always fishing for something. And you just, you kind of felt like he's going to get something. Uh, he was very, um, he was very comfortable on his back. Was There was no uh, panic in him whatsoever. And you thought, okay, this guy's slick enough. He's going to pull something out. Just never did. Um, so hats off to uh, Brandon McGee. That was a great fight. And Brandon McGee uh, traveled well, you know, into Nashville too. Uh, he had a lot of people there. And uh, I don't know. Brandon McGee looks like the ever-shrinking fighter. I remember him, <laughs> you know, I, I remember at one time. I really feel he was a lot stockier uh, than, than he's withering away on me. Uh, it's like a gypsy touched his, uh, whatever, thinner, touched his cheek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I totally agree with you on that main event, though. Ariaga looked good early, but, man, he was gassed. Uh in that third round, anything, any, anything longer than three rounds or, or, uh, three minutes. And, uh, I think that would have gone a, a different direction. Uh, he was, I, I don't know, I guess he's like me in the bedroom. I was good for one round, man. But, uh, after that, uh, you know, <laughs> I was shot. Ariago shot that night after round one. I think he had just done enough to, uh, to, to win those rounds. Uh, it was unanimous, but, uh, you know, uh, hats off to, uh, you know, Spencer Brandon. What'd you say? Two days notice. Yeah. Two days notice, man. And, uh, really only one fight. Well, he had some kickboxing fights, but only one MMA fight. So I had a really good accounting for himself. And according to, uh, Tyler Edwards, uh, they're just going to run it back. They're just going to, they're going to rematch that one as well. Five rounds though. Oh, wow. Okay. So it sounds like March 12th is going to be a bunch of rematches. Yeah, uh, right. Okay. Well, hey, I guess if I'm the matchmaker, that makes my job a little easier. Yeah, no doubt, man. They, uh, the, the drama just kind of built itself. Uh, that'll be back for Primal Combat 2, March the 12th at uh, the Farm Bureau Expo Center, Lebanon, Tennessee. Uh, again, shout out Tyler Edwards for uh, for pulling off his first show there. And with that, let's move into our uh, our talk for next week's Big Valor All-Pro Show. Now, first on the line, we're going to talk to Mr. Logan Neal. All right, on the line, we've got Logan Neal getting ready to make that walk again next weekend at Valor 77 from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. Goes down Saturday, January the 9th. Going to be taking on Nathan Ariaga, fresh off of his Bellator debut at that. Uh, Logan, how's it going, my man? Oh, it's going great, man. I'm ready to fight. I feel like I've been in the fight camp forever. I ain't stopped since I've been home from Bellator. <laughs> hey, that's a good thing, though, man. We kind of we kind of pulled you off the couch almost for Bellator, so it's good to know that you kind of stuck with it there, knowing that uh, that call could come at any time and take it seriously, and that's when you'll be in your optimal condition to, to spring those uh, those big upsets. Yeah, man, I won't be caught flipping again. I'd like to <laughs> fight that guy later down the road. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, of course, uh, we are uh, coming into uh, your next one here, of course, next weekend. It's an all-pro event, big card. You're going to be taking on Nathan Ariaga. Uh, before we, I guess, before we get into the Ariaga fight too much, uh, you know, uh, let's recap. You know, I don't, we didn't talk to you since the Bellator fight, so uh, obviously uh, things didn't go the way you wanted. You had a pretty decent accounting for yourself on the feet, though. If you want to uh, kind of take uh, take the listeners uh, back through your experience there uh, at uh, at Bellator and kind of some of the, some of the things you take you took from it. Oh uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was just uh, kind of like you said. It was a big eye opener and. Uh... If you're going to do this professionally and take it seriously, you've always got to be ready. And uh, I was working, man, dude, just kind of doing what I had to do at the time. But uh, like I said, I kind of uh, learned a lesson from that and um, kind of reevaluated what I needed to do. I uh, came home and decided to start just buy, selling, trading cars like I always do and train. But um, the experience was great, man. I couldn't have asked for a better experience. They treated us great up there. So now, of course, uh, you'll be taking on Nathan Ariaga. He is, uh, man, he's undefeated so far as a pro. He he's not really been at it longer than you. You guys have been at it a, a comparable amount of time, but he is uh, has gotten real busy here as of late, uh, stacking together a couple fights. He is coming out of North Carolina, trains with uh, Nick Martino, a guy that we know very well here on uh, the Valor scene. You know, we've seen Nick fight many times. Uh, great guy, great uh, great striking. Uh, Ariaga comes in here. Uh, uh, as a you know a tough guy you know a, kind of a reputation for being a you know kind of a, a tough out a brawler uh that's uh, that can that's got some skill but uh you know if you if you if he needs to be technical he'd be technical but you can get in a brawl as well talk a little bit about uh you know what we can expect here oh man i mean exactly what you said i think i think it's gonna be a hell of a show um uh, I, you know a lot of these guys are out here building their record and they're fighting these uh, upside down guys and it's never really been the case with me, man. Like, even as pro, you know, uh, my first fight was a one, against a 1-0 guy. Second was against 4-0, and now we're against a 3-0 guy. So, uh, it's no different for me, man. I, I had a tough amateur career. I'm going to have a tough pro career, but I'm going to keep on grinding. And uh, Hobbs, uh, what, what, what have you got for Logan, man? You've been uh, you've been uh, here through a good a good bit of his fights over the years, uh, you know, announcing and being cage side, uh, of course. Uh, what you got? Well, I mean, not even so much about, you know, what I know about Logan. I, I'm kind of curious, you know, Logan, just, you know, I've been around the sport long enough. You got an opportunity early in your career that a lot of people don't get. And I've seen that happen before. And, you know, it's a great position for you to be in. And, and you know, definitely congratulations on having that opportunity. Uh, but you, I've seen in the past where guys get those big opportunities early and then it's hard for them to take that step back if you will not that i think that valor's a step back but the size of the show the size of the crowd the the production value you know that that hey, shows I bet our crowd will be bigger than their last one that is that's 100 <laughs> true that is 100 percent true but how, how how do you deal with you know i've seen it you know adversely affect fighters before where they when they have that big opportunity now they think they're bigger than what they are. And then it's hard for them to, um, if they don't get that multi-fight contract, to go back to their hometown or the regional circuit and and go back to, quote, unquote, if you will, the smaller show and thing like that. Has that, has that, are you that type of guy? Has that bothered you? Or is this just, you know, the path that you're taking? Man, it's honestly the path I'm taking. I, uh, you know, I got that opportunity. Um uh, it opened my eyes really, but it also showed me a lot of things that I need to do better 
as a professional fighter and, and uh, a fight's a fight, man. It don't matter if it's on a big stage or in the backyard, dude. Like, I, uh, it's what I love to do, man. Um, I really I understand what I'm saying, thing. though. You've seen people, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, they, yeah, yeah, they, they fight or they, it doesn't even matter whether it's ref, judge, fight. Well, I'm a UFC judge now. I'm a UFC, you know, ref now. I'm a UFC fighter now. And it's like, well, no, you were for that one day. Uh, you know, you're not there yet. Uh, and, and you just don't strike me as the type of guy that's that, you know, that looks at themselves like that. You know, um, I, I've met both sides of that. I've met the fighters before that go, don't call me, you know, don't call me uh, a, a UFC vet or don't call me a Bellator vet uh, until I get my second fight or until I actually establish myself. Um, but you, you don't strike me as one of those guys that's now got that big head. Uh, you know, you, you seem like a real humble guy. I just was curious. Is that something that's crossed your mind? Because I've seen those guys before who go, man, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going back to getting, you know, that type of money at, at that type of venue. I was just here. Right, man. I mean, sometimes I think it's good to, to go back to the roots and uh, like it, it really hasn't affected me, man. I, um, I, I just feel like uh, it, it, it'll all happen whenever it's uh, earned. You know what I mean? Like if I'm out here winning fights on Valor or, you know, wherever, um, how can they deny you eventually? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I do hats off, like you said, to your record, because we do see those guys and, you know, no knock on them. Everybody's got to do what they got to do. We've seen them at Valor. Hell, I'm sure you know some personally that, you know, that fight a lot of guys with upside down records. And that's one thing no one will ever be. You know, people will be able to argue. Do you like Logan or do you not like Logan? That's going to be someone's opinion, but no one will ever be able to have that argument. Well, he only fights these type of fighters. And it's it's awesome that you've taken that away from everybody. No one's going to say he only fights scrubs. He only fights people with upside down records. Um, you are you're stating your case um, like you did as an amateur and you started off now, doing it too. So, you know, hats off to that. I'd like to. Well, one last thing from my end, get to know you more before you are a fighter. Uh, and I always like to find out what kind of sports background did you have outside of MMA? Were you a basketball player as a kid, football player? What did you do athletically before you decided to take up fighting? Man, it was crazy. I, um, <laughs> I, I didn't play a ton of sports in school. I mean, I was always involved in something a little bit, but never was like this outstanding, you know, baseball player or anything. I actually raced motocross and, um, that was my thing, man. I, you know, it was always motocross, but, but you realize quick that sports all money. And if you ain't got the money to keep the box going and stuff, it's, uh, you're just not going anywhere in there in that sport. And, uh, I fell in love with fighting, man, because, you know, we were playing in the backyard one day and just kind of started doing it often. And, uh, I realized, you know, Hey, if I put good things in my body, like it doesn't really take that much money to make, to make myself perform well, you know? So that's how I got into the fighting. But, um, yeah, never was great great at sports in school, man. I um, tried wrestling, sucked, sucked at wrestling. I'm sure you've seen some of my fights. But <laughs> um, <laughs> do you find it more like you know? I've noticed like there's two different fighters. There's the the fighter that you are a fighter. You know, when you before you took up MMA, you were fighting in the street, you were fighting in the backyard, uh, and you were good at it because you're just a fucking fighter. You know, you're just a roughneck fighter. And then there's the other fighter who's like, no, I, I never got in a fight in high school. I would have never picked a fight. I would have ran from every fight. But you took up fighting more as a skill that you learned. Like, so would you consider yourself more? I learned how to fight and not necessarily a natural fighter. 
uh, man, it's kind of funny. Like the small town I'm from, you either fought, wrestled, or played football, and and that's what you were known for at our school. And um, like I said, it, it was kind of picked up, but at the same time, like I got into a lot of little fist fights and stuff before I started learning how to actually fight. And uh, nowadays, I'm like, man, it, it's really scary at how many guys think that they can fight, you know, and I was one of those guys at that time. <laughs> well, Tim, my next question is for you. Let's just say uh, Logan, you know, is successful at, at Valor 77. He's got a two and one record with that big show experience. If he were to get past that, what do you see for Logan next in Valor? Man, I feel like, uh, you know, for Logan, I, I feel like that there's a good chance that like, maybe his ceiling could potentially be reached a little higher at 145. So like that, you know, that's something we've talked about a little bit in the past, if he could commit to making that weight, but I would like to see him potentially, uh, you know, take a shot at that. I, I think he's done it as an amateur maybe before, uh, but now that he's taking things a little bit more seriously and staying in shape, um, I'd like to see him take a, uh, maybe, you know, take a shot down at 45 and just see how that goes. Uh, that's oh, just man. you know me thinking out loud, hey, really. Man, speaking of, uh, Speaking of 145ers, man, we was talking about people that fight bombs. You know, Cole Farrell, man, that dude fights all bombs. Um, we well, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good 145 debut for you, man. If we go to 45, and we'll take his head off. I would, uh, I would uh, actually uh, be uh, be totally down to book that fight if old Cole was down. So it's something we can definitely look at. Of course, you know, actually, just to expand a little bit more on what Jeff was saying, uh, you know, he actually has a good point. And, and I think that there is the train of thought sometimes that a guy gets that call up too early before they're ready. And uh, but I think in, in your case and in a lot of guys cases as well on the on the plus side, it kind of gives you a taste of that of what it is. And I feel like you return back to the regional circuit with a hunger to get back there. Now that you know what it's like, you really want to get back there. Whereas if you've uh, fought for 15, 20 times as a pro and you finally get that shot up there and you, and you, and it doesn't work out, then I could see it definitely maybe you losing that hunger that some of these up and coming guys have. Yeah. Yeah, man, exactly. I, um, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you hit the, uh, you hit it, you hit it, man. I um, it, it's definitely lit a fire in me to uh, come come back and train harder than ever and uh, be ready for the next time, man. Like I don't care. I'm gonna take fights with you guys until until I do get that call again. No matter if it's this year, next year, I'm just gonna keep going. Awesome, man. Uh, well, we're we're definitely stoked to see how it shakes out next week. Uh, before I let you go, I want to give uh, let you get some shout outs where they're due. Any uh, friends, training partners that help you get ready for this one, uh, and uh, or any sponsors that you want to give a shout out to. And uh, also, where can our uh, where can our listeners find you on social media? Yeah, um, definitely a big shout out to Agogi. Uh, you know, we got Greg Hopkins, Bubba Cruz. Chance Gilbride, Dalton Smith, all those guys are great training partners. Brian Diaz, um, Craig French, man. We got a ton of guys. I could go on and on and on. But um, big shout-out to them and my family here, all my coaches. Um, you guys can find me on social media at uh, Facebook, Logan Hunter Neal. And then Instagram is Logan underscore Neal 155. Uh, one more thing before I let you go, Logan. Uh, you Obviously, you're training with one half of this main event coming up, Greg Hopkins. Uh, what's your uh, take? What's your prediction on this main event on this card that uh, you're fighting on here? I know that you'll be uh, getting out of the dressing room in time to come out there and see how that shakes out. <laughs> oh man, Greg is uh, Greg's pissed, man. Um, 
you know, I've got I've got respect for Jason and all the KMA guys, man, and uh, I'm ready to see this fight get done and over with. And uh, you know, I want Greg to bring home that W, and I really believe he's going to, man. I just um, he's so gritty and he's training his ass off, man. He he's he's fighting with emotion this time, and you know, sometimes they say that plays against you, but I don't uh, I don't think it will in this in this case. One more time, this has been Logan Neal looking for win number two in the pro ranks next weekend at Valor 77 from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. If you want to come live, you can go to fightertickswithanx.com. Make sure you select Logan as your fighter so he gets some credit there. Otherwise, you can catch it live on pay-per-view from the bftmma.com website. Logan, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck next week. Hey, man, thank you. All right, thanks so much to Logan Neal for joining us. Our second guest of the night, one half of the main event coming up next weekend at the Valor 77 All-Pro Show from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe, Saturday, January the 9th. It's the Asian Persuasion, Jason King on the line. What's going on, Jason? Uh, Not too much. Just uh, finished another training session, getting ready to go home and have some dinner. Yeah, nice, man. Well, uh, I know this is probably your uh, your last hard push this week as you get ready uh, to enter the uh, the Oso uh, patented weight cut mode. Of course, uh, you being a nutritionist now, I think uh, you've kind of got that down to a, a nice science helping a lot of your teammates, uh, you know, in their in their weight cuts. Uh, I know, uh, of course, we're getting ready for this big rematch coming up next week with Greg Hopkins. It's a fight that uh, we saw go down in September. September, uh, yeah, September, uh, the first time down in his neck of the woods. Now it's going to be back up here at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe, your backyard. Uh, let's talk a little bit about it, man. Of course, first time we had some controversy in the uh, in the ending of the fight. Uh, you declared the winner by disqualification. Uh, Greg scored an illegal up kick uh, while you guys were still on the ground. Uh, referee uh, calls it a disqualification. Of course, uh, just to kind of recap everything that went down, uh, you didn't want the win like that. It refused to uh, accept the title. This is for the for the Valor Welterweight Championship, of course, uh, a title that has seen uh, more fighters than not that have held it move on to the next level. Actually, that's a statistic I, I figured up. But uh, anyway, uh, of course, uh, you you handed that title back. You didn't want to win it like that uh, on the controversial ending. So we're going to run it back now. Uh, there's been a lot of heat on this on this fight. Uh, before before we get into the uh, you know the, the talk, the back and forth, and the and what's coming up, let's let's just go back uh, and kind of get your take on what happened that night. Uh, you know, you were looking, you know, to me, you were looking really crisp on the feet, uh, landing the volume uh, of strikes, outlanding Greg, uh, doing pretty well with uh, fending off the takedowns. Uh, but Greg landed a big one, uh, you know, that, yeah. that puts you on your back. Uh, we had a scramble on the ground. Both you guys had uh, positions on the top. And then, of course, uh, it, as you guys were kind of breaking apart, there was the up kick that ended the fight. Uh, your take on uh, how it all went down, man, and just your uh, your overall, uh, you know, your overall take on uh, on the first go round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you you nailed it. Um, I thought it was a good back and forth fight. He caught me with some hits. I caught him with some hits, and uh, he caught me with a good one. Uh, sent me to the mat for sure. Um, after that, so I've watched the fight obviously, and I've, uh, actually, you know, that night I reached out and talked to the doctor and the referee. Um, and then between that, talking to my coach, piecing it all together, watching the fight. Um, so he caught me with the punch. Um, he tried to think, take mount or something from there. I reversed it into guard and I was more than content just to kind of hang out and guard for a little bit, and just kind of get my wits about me. And that's when the up kick happened. Um, and then from there, so the referee stops the fight and whatever, you know, all that stuff. And then he tells me to get up 
And uh, he says, I was like, I think I gave him acid. Like, like, I get five minutes, right? And he said, no, you don't get five minutes. You got to stand up and we got to get you assessed. Like, okay. And then when I stood up, I don't know if you've, I mean, this happens anytime you have a concussion, anytime you have anything. When you go from a seated position to a standing position, your heart, your blood pressure elevates. And that's where the night got really weird for me. And uh, it took a lot of backtracking and interviewing to kind of figure out the rest. Uh, the doctor stopped the fight. Um, uh, I don't remember exactly why he said it was not doable, but he said it wasn't doable. And then the referee deemed it an illegal or an intentional strike. Um, and that's why he said it was a disqualification. Um, you know, I understand why Greg's mad, you know, um, I wouldn't have fussed about it if it was a no contest, but ultimately it's not my opinion or really anybody's opinion other than the ref that matters. And uh, he called it what he called it. So yeah, that was the fight. I mean, you nailed it. Um, I made a mistake. It, was, it cost me. And then he made a mistake and it cost him. And, uh, you know, judging from the way he's been talking, he doesn't plan on making that mistake again. And, you know, I don't plan on making the same mistake twice myself. What do you think, what did you take from this fight? Uh, you know, if anything, uh, as you go into the rematch, uh, obviously you've got one of the best coaches in the game and Eric Turner, when it comes to game planning, uh, you know, you've added uh, David Robbins uh, to your team over there as well. Uh, you know, a, a guy that, uh, you know, can certainly add some different wrinkles uh, to your game. Uh, what, what did you take from, from this first fight? If anything, again, that, uh, that you feel like you can improve upon uh, to, to, to make sure that we don't have the same, uh, uh, situation happen again well, i mean one i don't plan on getting up kicked you know uh, uh again i never plan on that but then you know actually what comes to mind is uh, i think it was a uh, wonder boy who said it about uh anthony pettis is like dang i can't believe i got hit with that punch um like that's kind of the way i feel about it like when i watch the fight I'm like dang like are you kidding me like i got hit with that and like i mean greg is heavy-handed i'm not i'm not taking that away from him it's just like like, like, man, like you should know better, Jason. Like, what are you doing? Like, keep damn hands up. So, you know, it was a learning experience. Or, um, you know, Greg hits hard. I'm not saying he doesn't. So, you know, it was a lesson in keeping my hands up. And, you know, we'll we'll keep my hands up this time. <laughs> Now, of course, in the small cage, uh, you know, it, it becomes, uh, you know, it, it, easier said than done sometimes to, to, you know, to keep that distance. And obviously, uh, you know, with your, your length and your reach, that that's something that, uh, you know, you were using to your advantage very well throughout the, the, a good portion of that fight. The, the small cage make a difference when you're back and forth. Uh, you know, you've been in the Bellator cage. Hell, you've been in the old Bauer cage, which is just as big as the Bellator cage. Yeah. Uh, it you know it, is there a noticeable uh, difference to you in there when it comes you know to working that range and, and keeping it or is it something where you just adapt to it quickly? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, th there's always going to be a difference. Um, you know, fighting in cages that are smaller or bigger. Uh, I would say 99% of the time I'm going to prefer the bigger cage. You know, I, I am a tall, rangy 170. Um, you know, the, the bigger cages play to strikers' advantages, and the smaller cages play to wrestlers' advantages. It is what it is. I will say, though, when I fought in the Bellator cage, uh, the uh, fighting Raymond Daniels, that cage seemed a little too big for that. He was, uh, right. <laughs> it, it was a little bit harder to track him down. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I say 99% of the time I prefer the big cage, but there is that 1% where I'm like, dang, I wish we had that Valor cage right now. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, it definitely plays a role, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, advantage or not an advantage, you know, that's not an excuse to win or lose. It's just, you know, something that you got to adapt to as a fighter. And, 
you know, uh, what, what's one of Vince's uh, favorite quotes? It is what it is. So just go out there yeah, and do absolutely. it. Of course, Jeff Hobbs joining me as well. Jeff, you've been there uh, for a, a large portion of uh, of Jason's uh, pro fights coming up as the announcer here uh, most recently. Uh, what, what you got for uh, the Asian persuasion? I guess more so, Jason, I just kind of want to know, you look back at your career as a pro, uh, I'm not really as familiar with your amateur career, but, you know, your pro career goes back to like 2014, late 14, I think, or early 15. Um, You know, you look over your record and, you know, it's kind of a roller coaster. You know, you'll win one, you'll lose one, you'll win one, you'll lose one. Uh, You'll you'll get a two fight win streak going and then lose one. So, you know, that, that's that got to do a lot to – as far as your motivation, I guess, is what I'm getting to. When your career has been such a roller coaster um, of highs and then an immediate loss, you know, a win and a loss and a win. At this point, what is it that motivates you to continue to keep doing it? Um, is it just more of that personal – like it has nothing to do with the wins and losses anymore? Is it just personal between you and the fight at this point? Oh yeah, I mean the fight is always you versus you. Um, uh, I mean, clearly I want to win. If I could win every single fight and you know make make the big bucks, I'm I'm gonna take that route. You know, get, get, sure. if I had a choice, but you know, winning is the highest of highs and losing is the lowest of lows. But you know, I I made a post about this actually a couple of days ago. I have such an amazing life. Uh, I am blessed beyond anything that I could ever deserve or ask for outside of fighting. Fighting is a big part of my life, um, and I love to do it. And, you know, it, 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 to a small, small degree, defines me. But to a much larger degree, the other things and the other people and the other, the, the, my, my passions are what, you know, are a bigger portion of what defines me. Uh, when I find my motivation is, you know, this, my career doesn't end with my career. Um, you know, I have no shame in admitting that I think personally that I am a better coach than I am a fighter. Uh, I think I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a, I think I'm a good fighter. Uh, I think I'm a great teammate. I think that I can give a lot of people a lot of looks and what I'm doing with fighting is I'm giving myself experience to pass on to the next generation. Like, Hey, listen, you know, this is going to happen to you sometime. You know, yeah, you're going to make it to a big show like Bellator or the UFC or whatever it is. And you don't think it's going to affect you, but when, as soon as you step on that mat and it's different, there's more people out there like it's going to hit different. You know, just I have all of these things over the past. I can't believe you said what, my first profile was 2014. Jeez. I, um, I think it was. But, yeah, I think it was late 14. Yeah. Dang. Uh, and I just feel old. Um, but <laughs> like that, that's the thing. Like I've been doing this for such a long time. And yes, winning is. Winning is great and losing is great. Or not, well, I'll take that back. I'll get back to that in a second. But it's the, it's the ride, man. And and I can pass on knowledge to you know the amateurs coming up and the amateurs that'll come out after that. And then when they turn pro, I'll have more experience to offer them. And the things that Eric has taught me, my old coach Brendan, you know my Taekwondo teachers from beyond that, I have a wealth of information to pass on. And um, one of the things that I like about winning and losing is you know, there's a, there's a story that it, it kind of went viral there about the way a guy talks about it. And, you know, one of the first things people ask, uh, who don't do fight, who don't fight when they find out that I fight, like, what's your record? Um, and then I'll tell them my record and they'll be like, you know, I go, Oh, it's, that's, a, that's a decent record. It's a winning record. You know, they'll say something, but you know, <laughs> would you go back and change any of it? And the answer is no, because 
when you win a fight, especially one that was like, like you put a lot of hard work into it, like that high is such a big high that not many people get to experience. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade any of those for the world. And then the losses are such a crushing low that the ability to pick yourself back up and move on and learn and experiencing lows like that make you appreciate the highs. So, you know, you I had an win, experience, Jason, learn. when when I used to run the streets uh, or, run, or run the roads, I should say, with <laughs> Dustin West. Um, you know, he was kind of in that same situation where somebody would ask, "What's your record?" and they would piss him off, not because he was ashamed of his record, but he's like, yeah. "My time in the sport." Is I, he never defined it? I don't want to define it by the record. I wasn't six and six. I was on strike for CBS. I went to even the ones I lost. I went to Ireland. I did this in Canton, Ohio. I fought in Las Vegas in front of this person. It wasn't I won this one or I lost this one. It was don't worry about what my record was. Listen to the stories I've got. Listen to the things that I got to yeah. do. He said that's what. That's what I talk about. You know, uh, he talks about his losses more than he does his wins. And it's not the loss that happened in the cage. Like, oh, my God, I broke my hand in this fight. It was man. Can you believe that we went to to, you know, to Dublin, Ireland? Can you believe that we did this? It, it wasn't man. I hate that I lost that fight. It was everything that went into the fight. It was like. I just don't want to be defined by the wins and losses. And I think when I read your posts, you know, that you do and just knowing you as an outsider looking in because I'm not from the Knoxville area, Mm -hmm. you just always seem to me more like a fighter. I don't even want to say a fighter, a person who it's never about you versus Greg Hopkins or you versus Brian Jackson or you versus Jason. Well, it's you against the sport. It's you against the challenge. It's you against um, the training camp. It's that's what you seem like to me is it's not. And like you said, of course you want to win, but I don't even think your win. I don't even think your wins to you are. I am so happy. I beat so-and-so it is. I'm so excited about this win because I, I beat the challenge in front of me. I beat the training camp. I beat the odds. Um, I, you know, I I came victorious over the last eight weeks or the last two years or the last six years that I've put into this. Uh, that, that's how I feel when I watch you compete is that it's never about the person standing across the ring from you or the cage from you. It's just about you against the task at hand, you against the sport, you against the challenge of putting your body through it, making weight, performing um, that's what I always take, take away, um, you know, when I watch you, uh, and more so with your group, when you talk about, you know, how great your life is, I think I know you from a distance, the things that you consider that make your life great are your relationships with your wife, your teammates, your coaches. And I don't know, I always just feel like that's why you enjoy winning is not necessarily as much for yourself, but all of those relationships that you have in your life. Oh, I mean, I think you, you 100% nailed it on the head. I think your, your friend Dustin also did. Um, you know, like, when I win, I get to see the biggest smile on my wife's face. And, you know, there are hugs all around. And it's a moment you get to share with your teammates. But, but when you lose, you get that experience, too. But, and, and it's, 
if, if not more powerful as powerful for sure. I mean, when you hurt, they hurt with you. And, and all the people you said, my coaches, my teammates, my wife, especially, you know, uh, your, your friend Dustin said it best, you know, he has all these stories to tell. I, I tallied it up. I could be wrong. I get hit in the head a lot. Clearly. Um, I think between amateur and pro MMA and kickboxing, I've had 27 fights and this will be number 28. I have got to experience life to the nth degree 27 times now. This will be number 28. And in every single one of those, you lose a fight, it's hard. It's hard on you. It's hard on the team. If you win a fight, it's a great experience. But no matter what, it's an experience like nothing else. And whenever, you know, I've got an amateur who is, you know, just experienced their very first loss and they think it's the end of the world you know, I can go in there and I can look him in the eye and like, listen, listen to me, man. Like you have, you, you've lost one time. I've lost, I've lost more fights than you even had. You know, this is not the end. And you know, here's, you know, here's what you got to experience out of this. And, you know, I, I, you're right. I don't, if I, you know, I'm going to fight Greg Hopkins again. And, you know, if I win, it's not like, you know, throw up the middle fingers. I beat Greg Hopkins, rah, rah, rah. It's, it's going to be, I got to perform. I got to do the things that I practice and perform to the best of my abilities. I got to put myself into the fire one more time and I got stronger for it. And if I lose, that will suck. I'm not saying it's not going to suck. It, it always sucks to lose. But if I lose, I went into the fire. I got beat down, but I'm going to come back stronger for it. And that's the story of fighting. That's not that's that's the story that is more important than the record. It's more important than the wins and losses. Is did you go into the fire and did you come back out? So here we are again, and Lord willing, you know it'll all run smoothly, and we'll have a great weight cut, and everybody will have a great weight cut, and we'll have a great show, and you know this is just another chapter in a long story that apparently has been going on for longer than I thought it would at this point. <laughs> So, of course, uh, you know, as we as we look ahead here, you know, we, we talked about your mindset most of the time in, uh, you know, when it comes to these fights. And for the most part, I'm sure that uh, it's business as usual. But this will be the first time that you've actually, to my knowledge, now I can't recall any other fights we've had in the past where you've actually had a guy that's, that's uh, you know, personally sniping at you, that's, uh, you know, that is that is heated, that there's actual heat. Um, is uh, Does that change the, your mindset and your enjoyment of the process if you will or does it make things uh does it complicate things or does it cloud um, you, you, you get what i'm trying to say does it uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah what, what's your take on that um at first there was a little bit of like oh, like i don't really like the way this feels you know like um you know i you know again it doesn't really matter what my opinion is which is why i didn't bother going on you know, rebuttals and whatever. And like the ref made the decision. The ref made the decision. I don't have a say in it anymore. Um, if he wanted it to be a no contest, he could have sent in, you know, the hundred dollars or whatever to the athletic commission and done his, you know, rebuttal against it. But you know, it, it is what it is. And at first it was a little bit like, man, like why are you throwing all the shade at me? Um, but ultimately it, it, I talked to my coach about it. You know, I was angry for a little bit. And then over the, t over the course of however long it's been, the anger is gone. Um, you know, it's, there, there's like a little, I guess, I don't, I don't even say there's more motivation. I'm as motivated as I've ever been. Um, I'm trying to think about how, how to put this. 
I don't dislike Greg. Even after is it a new is it a new feeling for you, Jason? I mean, sir, is it like yeah? No, I, can't recall, it, uh, yeah. I can't recall any fights for Jason, or we where there's really been any kind of build up like that. You know, like there's been some yeah. big. But I just really, yeah, I just kind of feel like that's why you can't put it into words is because it's a new feeling for you. You've never oh, kind yeah, of for sure. been engaged in this. Here's the way I put it. Okay. I, you know, Greg's opinion is Greg's opinion. And prior to the fight and during the fight and now after the fight, he's not ever been like my buddy or my friend. And all the people that support him have never been my buddy or my friend. So they're why would I, if I'm not going to go to them for advice, why would I listen to their criticism? You know, on the other end of that, I have people in Knoxville telling me like, Oh, that kick was definitely intentional. He definitely knew what he was doing. It was malicious. They called it right. Just because my supporters say that, does that make that true? No, it, his supporters are doing what they're supposed to do. Support Greg. And my supporters are doing what supporters should always do. Support their guy or their girl. And the fact that Greg is mad, and to a degree, I get it. Again, I, had they called it a no contest, you would not be hearing gripes from me. Um, but they didn't, and I don't have a, any control over that. So I don't have any control of, over it. I accepted the rematch. He said I wasn't even going to do that. I was like, no, dude, like, as soon as I'm cleared to go, like, we can do this thing. Like, I mean, uh, like, I'm not I'm, – I'm trying to be as pretty upfront about it as I can um, – yeah, I, I guess that's what it ends up being. It was different handling it at first, but at, when I realized the perspective of like, you know, I have no reason to listen to if Greg Hopkins was offering me advice on my business or advice on really anything. But why, so if I'm not going to listen to like his advice beyond like, you know, being nice about it, why would I listen to his criticism beyond being like, well, I guess that's his, that's his feelings about it. Okay. You know, I, you know, hopefully win, lose, or draw after this fight, we can just squash whatever's going on between us. And if not, I mean, that's going to be on him too. Like, if he doesn't want to squash it, that's fine too. I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't, I, it's just weird. Like, I don't, I, I guess in long, long story short, I don't care. It's, well, I think it's, it's his opinion it's and big that, is what it you is. know, I heard those, we all heard those same rumblings. Jason will not do the rematch. We heard, we heard it. We heard it, you know, at that night. We heard it, uh, you know, in the aftermath in the weeks. Like, and that was, I think it's huge that you did accept the rematch, not for yourself, because I know, like you said, you have nothing to prove to anybody else that doesn't step inside the cage or train with you or put time into you. But it's huge that you did because that's where a lot of the first uh, kind of skepticism was. Like, he's felt his power. He doesn't like that. He didn't, you know, he got out of, you know, a bad situation. You know, they did not expect you to accept the rematch. And I think the fact that you did says volumes, um, you know, and it's something that I think even at the end of the day, Greg has to uh, acknowledge. Uh, and, like and you he, said, and to be fair to to Greg's credit, he did acknowledge that. He, uh, I think his exact words are something along the lines of it's, it earned him. It earned me an ounce of respect in his eyes. But again, I don't I mean, to the they never believed that I would accept the rematch. That clearly didn't make that statement true. Since right. the time we fought, we had one more professional show or a pro-am show. I was suspended from that show. And then this is literally the first fight back where I'm not suspended. So it was always like, 
Like, like it was always it was it was a said and done thing. You know, Eric. Never it's a very quick about. turnaround in general. It's a very quick turnaround. I don't think you know with everything else that's going on in the world. I think people feel like more time has gone by than what has. This is a quick turnaround for this fight. Uh, you usually don't see these things go come back together. Um, I really expected just to see both of you fight someone else first again uh, before having an immediate rematch. So um, I'm excited. I think you touched on something earlier, too, that, you know, the novice doesn't really realize this isn't like a groin kick that happens. You don't get five minutes for eye pokes and and, uh, you know, illegal kicks like that. It's an immediate, um, you know, can you continue? This is between yeah, you and the. This is between you and a doctor at this point. Not just I got kicked in the nuts and they give me five minutes. You don't get five minutes for eye pokes. You don't get five minutes for those things. Uh, once he calls that doctor in, it's a it's an immediate. No, can you continue? Period. They might give you a little grace period to talk to you, but uh, they want an immediate, uh, you know, decision. Yeah, and to <laughs> to the point of every fight's a learning experience. As a referee, on occasion. I literally did not know that rule. So, uh, like, yeah, I only found out that rule after the fact, after I talked to uh, Justin, uh, Justin Brown, the, the referee. Like, I didn't even know that rule. Uh, and I ref fights, which is probably not a good thing. So, uh, <laughs> like, I, I was totally going to, I would totally give them their five minutes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was just like, take oh, your five minutes. Like, yeah. And, and then, you know, I was like, no, you don't, you didn't get five minutes because of, you know, XYZ. I was like, that's a rule. So, uh, I got a learning experience on keeping my hands up and how to be a red arrest, apparently. I'm excited, guys. I can't wait for this. Yeah, I'm pumped too, man. Jason, we appreciate you taking some time, uh, of course, out of your uh, your busy uh, training. I, I know here this last hard push. Uh, any parting words here? Uh, I'll let you have the mic and then uh, give some shout outs wherever you would like. Uh, everybody helping you get ready for this thing, sponsors, uh, you know the drill by now. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys for having me on the show, as always. Uh, it's always it's always a pleasure. Thank you to you know all everybody that's been helping me prepare, from my coach, to my wife, to all my teammates. You know, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Um, you know, my wife actually, we're about to go eat lasagna. Um, my wife made a diet friendly version of that. She's so pretty pumped about it. Um, so just you know, thank you to all my supporters and heck, even to you know, anybody who's running their mouth about me. Thank you for you know tuning in. You guys coming is what makes valor fighting challenge and any pro local promotion a thing you know so thanks for coming uh i hope nothing but health and uh the fortunate you know good good choices to the powers that be for this fight to happen the way it's supposed to happen and hopefully we don't get any weird covidness uh coming up and you know like, like i said I'm, I'm ready to get back in there i'm ready to do it again and like i say after every fight you know, people ask me who I want next or whatever the question is. After this fight, I'm going to go home and I'm going to love my life. So thank you for coming out. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for not supporting. But at the end of it all, you know, I'm going home to the life that I love. And thank you all for tuning in and watching the, the, the small part that I get to share with the world. Well, Jason, I would like to personally thank you myself because uh, we do have something in common. You hold a victory over Greg uh, Hopkins as do I, as the reigning uh, yes. picks panel, as the, or the reigning picks panel winner. So uh, that was one. That was one fight uh, uh, that that made the difference between my win and loss. <laughs> uh, regardless of how we got that win, uh, 
I shared in that victory as well. So thank, <laughs> thank you for thank you for that point and and my much deserved victory victory over Greg Hopkins as well. Well, you are very welcome, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad we could uh, share that moment. <laughs> yes, once absolutely. again, this has been the Asian Persuasion. Jason King ahead of his main event. Back into the breach next weekend, Bower 77. It's an all-pro event, and it is going down at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. Early start time. We're getting rocking at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so they can be dancing at dark. And, uh, of course, if you can uh, go support us live there at Valor 77, you can select Jason King's name from your drop-down menu at FighterTits with an X.com. You can't be there live in person. Check out the pay-per-view at uh, VFCMMA.com. Jason, best of luck to you next week, man. We appreciate the time. I appreciate you guys. Take care. Big thanks to the Asian Persuasion, Jason King, for joining us ahead of that main event. Let's talk to his adversary and uh, and our longtime uh, member of the Valor Hour here, guy we all know very well, Mr. Greg Hopkins, joining us now on the Valor Hour. Greg, what's up? What's up, guys? Happy end of 2020. Yes, yes. uh, When this episode drops, it will be New Year's Eve, and uh, we will be kissing this godforsaken year goodbye. Hopefully, 2021 will be uh, a little bit more tolerable. Greg, you're going to be jumping right into things early into the new year, of course. You've got your fight next weekend. It's January the 9th. From the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe, back into it with Jason King, a big rematch. Uh, we've talked about it at length uh, multiple times, of course. Uh, just spoke with Jason about it. Uh, let's talk about it with you again, man. What's the uh, what's training camp uh, going like right now, getting ready to go back into there uh, with Jason King, man? And the last time it was in your uh, backyard, this time it'll be in his backyard. But no, you're no stranger, of course, uh, to that yard because uh, you're up there about every month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh... – for the most part, like I say, I'm excited about it, but it's really hard to stay focused on, you know, one guy for the longest time. Basically what I'm saying is it's, uh, it's hard to stay pissed off this long about something. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that I ain't still upset about what happened the first time, you know, with the, with the, with what happened with the theatrics, but, uh, you know, after time has gone by, I've sat down and thought about it. I've tried to, you know, talk to myself and, and but I just, uh, I just, and I know how to beat them. You know, I know what I got to do to beat them. And it, I made a, a little promo video for it, and the the, the plan is still not changed. Um, I know that if I can get my hands on them, I can get them. That's the only problem. I just got to be able to get to them. And uh, and uh, I mean, there's no doubt that he's he's going to try to keep his distance and keep me at bay here. I mean, the game's not changed. We're still trying to get him to the ground. We still want to finish him. It's not a. Uh, it's not nothing changed. There's nothing nothing new to expect. Just uh just a rowdier crowd going into Knoxville, I think, for Jason. But uh, I'll have some, I'll have some, some friends there backing me too. Well, both of you guys uh, are, like both of you guys are very, very well known on the circuit. This is the kind of fight that there'll be so many people there to see other fighters that still know you guys and are or have a, will pick a side, if you will, in this rivalry. So I believe it's going to be uh, pretty hype uh, come main event time. Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking about with the rowdy up there being being in uh being being all you know seventeen professional fights on one card and as big as it is, all those pro fighters are going to be bringing you know some type of fan base, and if they're not bringing some type of fan base, they've been around long enough and people know their name, you know, and they're from out of town. But yeah, like you said, they're going to pick a side. I will have people there, you know, as will Jason that we don't even personally know that's going to be cheering for us, and I love that. Like I love having 
you know, <clears throat> fans to just come and friends and family, all of them showing up and just being able to get this done. Uh, hold on. Uh, he's not, he's in the ego there somewhere. I'm not sure. I see. Sorry. I'm over here at the gym. He's uh, knocking on the office door right here. But, uh, yeah, different people coming around town. 17 pro fights, man. There's, you know, 34 fighters on here. Like, we haven't even all made weight yet. And, like, I'm already, like, you know what? The, the, the nerves have already sat in for the week. I'm already I'm already starting to cut. I'm, like, I'm ready for this one. Like, we're going to go. Like, man, I just, from what happened last time to this time, it's going to be, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be twice. I mean, in that, that promo that, that you guys dropped for me and him, I've had so many good, you know, comments about it. I haven't had one person say anything bad about it. It's so, and, it's, and uh, I, I don't know what more to say about that. You know, like it's hard to stay pissed off at him, but you know what, I've got to go in there with a, with a chip on my shoulder in this one and uh, just try to keep my head, head on and stay, stay focused and composed against the King. Of course, Jeff Hobbs with me on this uh, episode here this evening. Uh, Hobbs was there for the first go around, been there for probably all your pro fights at this point. Uh, you know, you guys, uh, obviously, uh, we work together a lot uh, from show to show with you you doing commentary and, and Hobbs uh, helping me run shit. Uh, Hobbs, what do you got for, for our man, Greg Hopkins? You guys uh, give each other a lot of hell from time to time, but uh, honest thoughts on this one. I, you know, before I get too much into this, uh, Justin Watson, please, uh, would you would you recap something for me real quick? Just real quick, please. The, you know, the, uh, you know what season saying. winner is is Jeff Hobbs beating Greg by eleven points. It got ugly oh, there this time. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, okay, I just needed to hear that one more time. Uh, you Ugh. know, hey, hell, man, I I give Greg more <laughs> shit than anybody. Uh, if I didn't, I think he would think something was wrong. Like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Greg knows I love him because I do give him shit. Um, you know what? I look at this fight. The first fight was fun. This reminds me of damn wrestling, man. When it comes, we've got the Rock versus Stone Cold is what we've got here. We've got the polished, clean cut. Uh, you know, uh, Rock versus the beer swilling <laughs> Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin. You know, uh, and that's you know, but it really is kind of like two different worlds here. Uh, hell, I know Greg takes fighting seriously. I, I I fuck around with him that he doesn't, but still, in the back of my mind, I feel like Greg's regiment to get rid of a fight is you know a six pack after training. Uh, you know, uh, and he is we Greg we talked to Jason a lot about what the motivation is and like I said I, I know I kid around that you are the the backwoods redneck you know th- but I know you take this seriously but I do think there is a lot to be said about the motivation between the two of you and I think Jason's the type of fighter where uh, he's motivated by the fight uh, and I think you are more emotional when it comes to fighting than he is and I think a lot of this has been about Jason to you you know it, it's not um, just about, you know, hey, I went through this training camp and uh, it's me against the camp or it's me against the challenge. I mean, hell, shit, is that something that you agree with that to do this game and, uh, you know, to be in this sport that you have to make it personal? You have to find that thing that that lights your fire each and every fight. Is that something that that you feel is accurate? I feel like um there's there's a there's a there's a switch on every fighter and it's you know you know like we we hate to say this kind of these kind of things but there is a switch on every every person and and and, you know if if you flick it they're going to go off and i mean there's certain times of fights where you'll see me and my switch will flip 
you know, and I'll go off and yeah, I do get emotional. I do, I do. And, uh, as emotional as I get, I really want Jason to come in just as emotional. Like that's what I want. I want him heated. I want his heart in this. I want the whole 100% Jason King that I can get out of this. Like, I don't want him to hold back. I don't want him to be stepping away from shots or pulling back punches because of what happened last time. I don't know what his motive is right now. I don't know. It's because he got flat back in the last one. and he, You know, he won on paper. He won. But anybody that was there knows he didn't win that fight. So if that's his motivation and it's the actual fight that it is and it's just the, just the martial arts aspect of it, man, that's cool. We can get motivated for to have a little bit of fun. But – if my hand's on the ground and I'm trying to get up and you kick me in my fucking mouth when I'm trying to get up, that's not fun no more. Yeah, I'm going to get pissed off. So, I mean, he hasn't pissed me off since. He hasn't said nothing, no gone. I know that he did mention something on Facebook about me, uh, I don't know, walking by him and waving at him. Now, let's get this straight. I didn't wave at him. He walked by me. We were in a professional setting. I gave him a chin nod just to let him know, hey, I see you, you know. <laughs> And he kept walking. If there was rocks on the ground, he would have been fucking kicking them. He didn't even look at me in the eye. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't think Jason really wants it. And with that being said, I have a little bit of respect that he signed the contract. Uh, because if I recall, he was making statements about me signing the contract the first time with his dog in his hand saying he can't believe it. Is it, is it true? Greg signed the contract. That's how I feel this time. And to be honest, last time I didn't take it as serious as I am this time. Last time I was just, you know, I was like, I'm about to win this title. It is what it is. I was looking past him. I'm going to go on. I'm going to get this done. And I even did interviews with people about what's what's to come. This is the only interview I've done for this fight. This is the only anything I'm going to do for this fight. I don't want to do anything other than get into the cage after this. Uh, but you did say that you've reached that point now in the build up to this fight that, um, so the, the switch though has turned from, the personal side of it to you, you've switched to the business side. We're at fight week, all that trash talk, all the animosity, the, Oh, oh the hate oh, you, oh, you've switched that the, off. Yeah. Yeah. We're you've switched that off. Business aspect. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The last fight, it was emotional. I, you know, I threw up the up kick. I mean, I don't care whatever, but like this time, yeah, I'm going to have to be more composed. I'm going to have to sit back. I'm thinking about that during my weight cut. Like what, you know, I'm visualizing, I'm meditating. I'm thinking about what I got to do. I catch myself wandering off. I was talking to Tim earlier today when he was asking me if I could do this. I was like, man, look, with work schedule and everything, we've had birthdays, Christmas, all this stuff just coming up all at once. It's just financial wise, you know, I'm waiting for that fucking stimulus to come in right now. All kinds of shit, but like for real and like i just i've been trying to stay focused and uh i'm at the gym right now as soon as i walk off this i'm going to get some backgrounds in and then i'm going home and i'm going to bed but what uh, do you think it's going to be like greg way in night when you are finally face to face nose to nose back in front of jason king what do you feel like way in night's going to how's that going to feel to you is it is it are you going to be able to compose yourself? Is is all that fire just going to explode? How do you envision way in night being? What do you think? Do we do we need to have Mark Law? Do we need to have Mark Laws on the ready? I don't think we need to be within each other's reach. <laughs> That's all. I mean, but do you feel that like like you're so uh, you've got just so much built up right now that you can be honest with yourself and say we better not get nose to nose because I don't know if I'll be able to you know. To compose myself. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying, don't let us get within reach of each other. I mean, don't don't do that. Just go ahead and stand between us. That's fine with me. Put that belt between us. Show him what he can't get. That's what I want. 
I think that it is, uh, I think it goes without saying that, uh, you know, <clears throat> this is one of those fights where there's a lot of anticipation for there's obviously been, you know, a, f- a few months of build up. Um, you know, when we spoke with Jason, you know, he was, uh, he talked about how you were, uh, you know, confident that there were a lot of people were confident that, that he wouldn't sign the contract, that he wouldn't do the rematch, uh, you know, to, uh, to your defense, I'll say, you know, that was obviously, it was a fight that you definitely wanted and wanted to make sure that you got. So, you know, he pulled out all the yeah. stops to make sure that, that it was going to happen uh, no matter what. So uh, I think that's understandable uh, really to a degree. Um, you know, what, what have you done differently in training camp for this one? You know, you said you've taken it more seriously. Uh, you know, I, from what I can gather, you didn't take much of a break after that fight. You jumped, you know, and, and you're known to, uh, you know, to take a little break between fights. Uh, it seems like you jumped right back into, uh, into training. Yeah, I took, I took a very small break and like, and I'm, I'm an, I've got an addictive personality. So when I start doing something, like I go full force in it. And, uh, you know, I did take like a week break. When I say break, I mean, like I ate, I ate food and I got up to like 197 and I just, just chunked it all. I was still training. I was still working out, lifting, running and everything, but I started building some muscle. And, uh, so last time of the weight cut wasn't so bad this time. It's like, you know, it's still a little rough. Uh, as far as difference in training is going, I, like Logan Neal is here, you know, Bubba's here. Not all the time are these guys in here. We have, and we have a new gym. So there's so many new people coming in and I'm getting so many looks from wrestlers, kickboxers, Muay Thai guys rolling with the best jujitsu in a hundred mile radius. You know, uh, I just don't, I don't think that anybody, I don't think that his jujitsu is going to trump anybody that I've got to work with in the gym. I don't, you know, only thing he's got as the, uh, is a standup game on me. And, um, if he lets his guard down, uh, I'm going to get him, you know, I'm going to take him to the ground or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm coming over top again. I just, he knows what to expect. So there's not going to be a lot of surprises. I think we're all just waiting. Like really. Well, that's one thing he, you know, he, I asked, you know, what he took from that first fight, what he could improve on, uh, you know, going into this next one. And he said, obviously he's got to, he's got to keep his hands up. Uh, you know, you hit hard. He acknowledged that you hit hard, uh, that, uh, you know, he's got to do a better job of, of just not lowering his guard. He said, when he watched it back, he couldn't believe that you caught him with, with the shot that you caught him with, but, uh, it was, it was a lapse in his, uh, in his, in his defense essentially. So I think that's one thing, obviously he's, he's, uh, working to shore up. He's got, as do you, uh, he's got a great coach, uh, in, in Eric Turner, when it comes to, to game planning, you uh, would imagine they're going to, to tweak some things. You may not see the exact same things, but uh, I would imagine you're also, uh, you know, working some, uh, some tools in the shed, uh, of note, I think, uh, you know, David Robbins has, has joined up at KMA down there working a lot of, uh, striking with Jason King, a guy that you've worked with in the past on striking, uh, anything, uh, it, what's your take on that? Is that, do you feel like that gives him any sort of edge, any sort of insight into uh, any, any kind of knowledge that, that may be passed on uh, about you. <laughs> it's funny. We mentioned David Robbins. He was actually in uh, Chattanooga today. He, uh, he, uh, he was around the Taco Bell over in Rossville. Uh, I don't know what he was. He was meeting somebody, getting something, and he, uh, you know, taking care of business. And uh, he ran into my girlfriend, was going through uh, Taco Bell, and he, uh, he messaged her. He's like, Greg, you're going to make weight eating that fucking Taco Bell. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like David a lot. I care about David. David's helped me out a lot. Uh, he's, he is going to be able to help out Jason a lot with, with me because I've worked with David a good bit. So any tips and tricks or secrets that he knows about me, which he does, he's going to give them to Jason. And, uh, that's been, that's been, uh, 
noted, you know, highly noted in my mind. So I have, I have to, I'm going to have to do some different things. I'm going to have to move a little. I'm going to have to quit being a damn statue and letting Jason just tee off and try to finish me with everything he's got. But uh, if he wants to try to big dog me again, he can. He'll end up in the same spot. I don't think that anything that uh, I don't think you know. Just to be perfectly honest and with all due respect, David's got his uh, his way of fighting. Jason's got his way of fighting. They're two different fighters, and Jason is set in his ways. He's not going to alter up anything to try to beat me any different. He's going to keep what he's got. He knows what he knows, and he's coming with that. And I know that he's not going to change anything up. I hope he decides to shoot on me. I hope he tries to wrestle me. That's what I hope he tries to do. I hope he tries to change up this whole game. I'm certainly excited. Uh, probably more so than I've been uh, in a minute for uh, for a fight. Of course, you've got some teammates on this card. We'll let you uh, brag on them a little bit before we uh, let you go, man. Of course, Logan Neal on this one uh, with Nathan Ariaga. That's a fight that I've uh, kind of got circled as, as one to watch. And then uh, bad news, Bubba Cruz looking to bounce back off his first loss, taking on old Shlomo Boyd, a guy that you've called uh, lots of his fights. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing Shlomo uh, coming up to the amateurs, man. Uh, and uh, like we said, we were going to see some highlights on Shlomo because boys athletic. Uh, with that being said, like we said, we got cruise control here, man. He's just going to set it on him and put it on him. It's going to happen like that. Logan Neal, Bellator vet, coming back here to Valor. Dude's going to going to raise some uh, eyebrows here. I think uh, you might see a different Logan Neal. You might see some some wrestling out of this kid, man, coming out of coming out of the woodworks. Uh, I know that we're going to bring we're going to bring a good decent crowd with us. Uh, Chattanooga always does come heavy, and uh, I know that uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to my sponsors. I got uh, you know, uh, Will Flux, King of the Crapper Man at the Plumbing Company. Give them a call for all your uh, toilet needs because I've, I've called them a few times. Uh, you say King uh, of the Crapper, King of the Crapper, Royal Flux <laughs> is the name of their company. Shout out! Uh, I need a t shirt. Uh, hey, I'll let you know, I'll get you one. I'll call, uh, he'll hear this tomorrow. Uh, then I have a hemp house big time, man. Dwayne Madden over at hemp house has helped me out so much. Uh, I can't, I can't say enough about that guy, man. He's, he's helped me with rejuvenation stuff. He gives me these like mints for showers that help you breathe and stuff. All of this, man, uh, any kind of oils I need, he, that, that dude's a man, man. Hemp house is where it's at. And then, uh, edibles? also, but, oh yeah, he's got edibles for CBD too. It's awesome, man. They're all of this good stuff. It's great for therapy. After you get done, pop you an edible, sit back, enjoy it. Just watch some TV, watch some uh, NBA tonight if you want to, there whatever you, go. you got. Uh, <laughs> you go. uh, and then uh, on, on top of them, I've got Best Home Builders with the world. They've been here in Ringo. They've been with me ever since I was an amateur, and they've been helping me out a lot. And uh, if you guys want to uh, find me anywhere, you can check me out on Facebook or Instagram, and uh, you can check me out at the spots at Valor 77, the main event with Jason. Once again, it's been Greg Hopkins, our uh, our cohort, uh, putting down the mic and uh, putting on the gloves again to take on the Asian persuasion. Jason King next weekend at Valor 77 from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. You can get your tickets at fighterchickswithanx.com. Pick Greg's name out of the menu if you want to give him a little little love, a little, little credit, a little cash in his pocket. Uh, and if you can't be there live, then you can catch it at vfcmma.com on pay-per-view where Greg will not be calling the play-by-play, but... We should have the uh, the eloquent Vince Ferrara back in the house, which will be nice. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for the time, my man. We uh, we wish you the best of luck. We will see you next week. Thank you, guys.
All right. Thanks so much to all three of our guests ahead of next weekend's uh, Valor 77 card. Some closing thoughts, Justin, bring you back in. Of course, uh, you'll be there uh, judging these fights, so can't get too uh, too uh, in-depth here, but uh, just uh, what some of the stuff you're looking forward to uh, here next weekend, some of the stuff that uh, you've got circled as uh, fights that you're uh, intrigued in. Man, I can't wait. Um, there's going to be a, a few really big uh, pro debuts um, coming out on in this show. Obviously, the main event's massive. Um, just to have you know a, a full full card of pros um, is going to be is going to be a fun fight to watch. Man, I'm looking forward to it. No doubt. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, of course, uh, looking back on our guests this evening. Of course, we had Logan Neal, both ends of our main event. Quick wrap up this evening. Uh, your thoughts uh, after our conversations here, uh, your take on uh, these guys' mindsets heading into next week. Uh, first take is, man, I, I don't know when I'm talking to Logan Neal or Greg Hopkins. They both sound exactly <laughs> the same. Like they both came out of the same nutsack, man. I don't know. Uh, Greg will <laughs> drop more expletives, I think. <laughs> but they're, it's, it's the, I don't know, the, their inflection of their voice. It's, it's the same damn person. I don't know. I'm excited, man. Look, I just want the damn fights to happen. If you really want to know God's honest truth, we had a stacked weekend of back-to-back fights. It's not going to happen now. I'm thankful that we still have Saturday night on the night. But please, State of Tennessee Athletic Commission, be good to us. Uh, don't be fucking. I, we don't need no fuckery this weekend or this upcoming week, man. Just uh, let us do our thing. Leave us alone. We are going to show you how safe we are, how well we put this show on, uh, how safe we're going to be uh, as much as we can for the fans, but especially the fighters and to you, uh, the Athletic Commission. And just let us continue to keep, uh, you know, Work in this sport the same as, like you said, the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville Predators, every other professional league. We are professionals just like they are. Uh, let us, you know, continue to work. I'm excited. I can't wait, man. It's going to be a hell of a show, hell of a card. Um, I'm just ready to do this thing, man. I'm ready to get paid, too, if you want the truth, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, spend money on Christmas. I got to recoup. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much to our guests for joining us this evening thanks so much to jeff hobbs and justin watson of course next week it starts a new season of the picks panel and uh, we're going to do it in style as we've got uh, obviously this big pro show that we're going to go through in detail and uh and go through fight by fight break it down get the uh new standing started we'll see if uh if greg can uh redeem himself on this new season and we'll see who we've got as our third panelist do we bring back chad finner do you think you guys uh we what do you guys think no here's what i think man I've been thinking about this. I want, I want a female. I want a okay. pro female fighter uh, as our third person. I want the female aspect um, of fighting. That we already know they think different than us on everything, you know. Yeah. Uh, when ketchup goes in the refrigerator or on the counter. I mean, every, we we're all we're different, and I want to hear their take on these fights. Hey, so I'm think, with you, man. We need somebody, think, a girl that's really following the scene, though. That really kind of oh, keeps absolutely. up with it. Well, I think if even if we use fighters, you know, or whatnot, but I think every week, whether it can be the same one every week or just that third person has to be a female fighter every week. I'm with it, man. You know, I've got actually an idea who would be good, uh, and it'll probably blow your mind on who I've got in mind, but I, but I know she just follows shit. Hannah Ellswick, Ros- Hannah Rosario. She'd probably be really good, actually, as a, as a picks panelist because she does keep up with the shit. There you uh, go. So maybe, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll reach out and see what she thinks about it. 
All right, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Of course, uh, if you would subscribe wherever you're listening to this fine podcast, uh, we'd appreciate that. And uh, also follow our social media. Keep up with uh, what we got going on. Uh, once again, from a co-host, Justin Watson, for Jeff Hobbs, I'm your host, Tim Loy, signing out for another edition of The Valor Hour. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Top five fights that we want to see in 2021. And Daniel, I'll tell you kind of how I went through it. I went to UFC.com. I just I looked at the rankings and kind of you know pointed out some fights I liked in the UFC. Uh, went over to Bellator. Went over their roster. Kind of looked at it, said okay. Uh, honestly, there was only. I only came up with two Bellator fights. And so I think one of them I think is very obvious. And, and it's my number one fight that I, I want to see in 2021. And, and we'll see whether or not this fight does happen. My number one fight I want to see is Patricio Pitbull versus AJ McKee. Yeah, I mean, I only have one Bellator fight on, on my list. And and that's really only because I didn't do a good job of, of scanning through Bellator. Because I was able to fill up my lunch plate with plenty of UFC fights early on. Like, if we're only picking five fights, I was able to pick four UFC fights I, I can't wait to see in 2021. And I was like, well, I know for sure I got to get this one in. And, and Patricio and AJ was a no-brainer. In fact, it was the first fight I put on my list. I didn't even need to think about it when I was thinking about what I was looking forward to in 2021. I mean, this is a fight that has been built up over time. And um, obviously, Patricio still, I believe, uh, needs needs to advance to the finals. But, um, I mean, Patricio and AJ McKee is just uh, a perfect fight, man. You have a guy with the unbelievable upside, a, a fighter who has risen through the ranks and has shown great, great, great upside and ability to potentially be the best guy in the world going up against the best fighter in the history of Bellator, who's still in his prime, who's still performing amazing. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.